good afternoon. This is the Midday News. The news is live on Joy 99.7 in Accra, Love 99.5 in Kumasi. Affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions, including Jubilee Radio Keta, Sun City Radio Keta, Saboba FM Saboba, and A1 Radio Bolgatanga. We are live on Twitter Spaces, Facebook live stream, and my Joy Online interactive app. The Midday News is sponsored by Duraplast Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC pipes and water tank. Where Duraplast goes, water flows. Coming up, restructure or no payment. That's government's ultimatum to the independent power producers as proposal for a debt exchange program takes center stage in the over $2 billion debt in the energy sector. So how about IPPs? What makes IPP so unique that, you know, we cannot apply the principle to them? And if they don't? It's the same. Okay. It's the same. Where's the money? We have to raise the money together. But the IPPs insist they will not restructure the debt. We've made our position known emphatically regarding the debt restructuring that we are not open to that. We are open to a discussion, discussing uh, the payment plan of our arrears. We'll explore the implications of this and has the battered economy turned the corner? We have, you know, turned the corner. World Bank just told us over 800,000 people have fallen into poverty. Whatever corner we have turned, Details in a moment. Also, nurses in rural hospitals refer cases and turn away patients following void created by physician assistants who are in dispute with the Ministry of Health over the amendment of the Health Professionals Bodies Act. Over 100 referrals so far. We just told them to go to nearby facilities. Since last week to date, what we do is to let them go because we cannot do anything. More as the National Labour Commission asks the disputing parties to approach the negotiating table with cool heads for a swift resolution. We will not delay in finding a solution to it. But the parties must also be cooperative. If you are going to a negotiation table and you say, if I don't get this, that's the end of the matter. Certainly, it might not uh, be very easy to resolve. Also in this package, government describes the Saglemi housing project as a poorly thought initiative as a new $550 million affordable housing project takes off at Pokwasi. This revised program stands out as distinct and exceptional in multiple ways. And in sports. High-ranking official of Accra Hearts of Oak labels Ghana football as simply not fit for purpose. And later in the bulletin, we share the story of 58-year-old Stephen Hebidzi, who spent over four years in the Akusi prison. It's not easy. He faced so many challenges. Our food is not enough for us. We are in a small cell, about 60 people, 80 I miss home a lot. I miss home. We've got details of these and more here on the Midday News on Joy 99.7 FM with me, Bernice Abubeidulansa. Thanks for choosing us. Joy News, independent, fearless and credible.
Thanks for your company. The details now. Government is in a turf war with the independent power producers, IPPs, over a proposal to restructure the over $1 billion owed them. Joe News is learning a proposal for debt exchange has been presented to the six IPPs for study and approval. In all, government is hoping to restructure over $2 billion or 23 billion CDs equivalent debt in the energy sector. Despite the moves by government, Chief Executive Officer of the Chamber of the IPPs, Eliplim Akpetobo says they will not restructure the debt. Uh, I think our engagement is not about debt restructuring. Uh, it's about a discussion in relation to how uh, government should settle our arrest and how what solution do you have for the current invoices going forward, as well as uh, renegotiation of sometimes of our power purchase agreements. So are you have you agreed to restructure the arrears, the debt that you owed? We've made our position known emphatically regarding the debt restructuring that we are not open to that. That's Elik Plim Akpetobo. He is Chief Executive Officer of the Chamber of IPP, speaking to Evans Mensah there. Well, for Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam, he disputes this and insists the IPPs will have to take government's offer or risk not being paid. I've done questions. that to you, I've done that to myself. I don't know about Atu if he had uh, bonds. And Ghanaians accepted this challenge. They sacrificed so much, and we thank them for that sacrifice. We are doing the same thing to our external you know, creditors. So how about IPPs? What makes IPP so unique that you know, we cannot apply the principle to them? In our case, you told everybody us. that we have applied the principle to has done something for us. Some have bought our bonds. Some have provided services. Some have given us loans to undertake government projects. So the principle is the principle. And we are very happy that a lot have responded positively, particularly IPPs? the people of Ghana. Okay, the people and of Ghana. I, and I expect IPPs to also respond positively. Anyway. Okay. And if they don't, in, in our case, you told us if we don't accept it, you, 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 you won't be able to pay. <laughs> in the IPPs case. It's the same. Okay. That's Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam. He's Minister of State at the Finance Ministry engaging uh, with Evans Mensah on PM Express. On the same show, Minority Leader, leader Dr. Kasia Latoforsen said government is not being fair to the IPPs. Energy sector payment shortfall for the year 2023 is 23.6 billion Ghana cities. The amount of money they themselves have budgeted to pay as energy sector payment, IPP payments and other life fuel. 23.6 billion Ghana cities. Of this amount, so far, year to date, they have only paid 1.9 billion CDs. So the IPPs, they only write in complaining. These IPPs, they've gone for a loan. The loans need to be serviced. They have provided you a service, they're contractors. And if you are to say that, you are going to give them a haircut. You are giving them a haircut on what? is the arrest is owned to their bankers. So when you cut it, you are cutting their profitability and their survival. That's Minority Leader Dr. Cassiel Atterforsen. So how does government navigate this, looking at the strategic contribution of these IPPs to the country's energy needs? The African Centre for Energy Policy, ASEP, has done some work in this area. Its Executive Director, Ben Boache, joins me for more. Good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining me on the Midday News. Now, you've heard government and the IPPs. What's the best way out now? Um, thanks for having me, Ben. I think it's a very... 
uh, interesting turn of events. And um, I hope we can quickly find a way to address uh, the challenge. I see where the IPPs are coming from. Uh, you know, they have an outstanding um, debt to be paid. But beyond that also, um, there is a recurrent side of their debt, which means that consistently we are accumulating uh, more debt. So that makes their situation a bit unique from what the DDP would have achieved or any other restructuring would achieve going forward. Um, if we were able to fix the recurrent problem, which means that government will stay current and be able to pay them uh, for the future uh, uh, power that they will sell to the, mm-hmm. to the grid, that makes it easier um, for government to have a conversation and engage them to say, how do we treat the outstanding uh, balance? Can you accept a haircut, for example, and still be fine? Mm-hmm. But it is really difficult you know, to have a conversation with the IPPs when you are accumulating uh, the debt. So mm-hmm. the question then pops up, which uh, uh, debt are you actually uh, restructuring? If you are restructuring the existing debt, does it also mean that you're going to come back in future uh, for more restructuring uh, to, ha- uh, to happen? Mr. Bonchi, so the bigger problem really is how do we stop the accumulation? Mm. If we can get that assurance to the IPPs, I'm sure they will be reasonable to look at the situation and say, okay, let's now consider what has been accumulated in the past and that have uh, 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 you know, a very fair conversation. Well, Dr. Mohammed Amin Adam suggests there's no way out unless we restructure. Do you agree? Are there alternatives government could look at? I mean, the reality is that government doesn't have money, right? So it's for the IPPs to then look uh, into their finances to say, uh, if we give X, you know, uh, percent, that will be uh, within reach for them to be able to also service uh, their debt. Um, because much of the payment is actually going for capacity charges and the rest of it, which are investment capital. Um, so you take money from the banks to construct the power plant and you have to repay that. And that comes also with some benefits to uh, the developers. So the conversation you want to have uh, with them is how much of your benefit can you, uh, 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 you know, shave off to actually save uh, the economy at this point. I think that conversation uh, can be had, but we need to address the bigger uh, problem in the room, which is the recurrent, uh, you know, debt that we are accumulating uh, month on month. Uh, and, and, and briefly for me, Mr. Boacho, what does this mean for us power consumers? Because there was an earlier threat by the IPPs to cut uh, supply. Unfortunately, because there is that existing relationship uh, with government and the IPPs, they always have that bargaining chip, really, to, to, to pull the brakes if we, they are not uh, getting paid. And contractually, they will be supported in dealing with that. And that's why we expect that we will fix the problems uh, with distribution and be able to pay them. And once we're able to pay them going forward, uh, there'll be less problem or less anxiety on whether the IPPs will at some point want to cut uh, supply to the grid or not. Uh, thanks for your time this afternoon. That's Ben Boachi. He is Executive Director of the African Centre for Energy Policy. Now, uh, let's stay a while on the general issue of debt restructuring because government has started the process to restructure pension funds worth 31 billion CDs. It's therefore inviting holders of these bonds to exchange them for new set of government papers. George Riafe has the rest of the story. The Finance Ministry in a statement noted that the invitation is intended to enable pension funds to preserve what government describes 
as their patrimonial value whilst exchanging eligible bonds for papers that offer more potential liquidity. The offer is targeted at pension funds that have been invested in Government of Ghana bonds, the ESLA PLC and the Dutch Trust PLC. The offer which started from yesterday is however expected to end on the 18th of this month. However, the Ministry of Finance maintains that it may extend the offer subject to how the exercise goes. Government earlier this year announced that it has reached an agreement with the public sector workers on how it should handle their pension funds going forward. However, it is not clear for now whether all the various unions are on board with respect to these proposals the government has tabled in its fresh debt exchange program for the pension funds. Joy Business Editor George Riaffe there. Now, five words that stood out after the Finance Minister's mid-year review of the budget yesterday were, quote, we have turned the corner, unquote. Mr. Kenoferiata highlighted significant progress made in Ghana's economy since the decision to go to the IMF for a bailout. Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam, provides the justification. If inflation today is 42, it's still high. And we are hoping to reduce it further by the end of this year to 38. And we even hope to reduce it to a single degree by the time we terminate the IMF program. But that is a significant reduction from 54% to 42% half year. Secondly, we know that Ghana was not the only country facing this challenge. Then you are also talking about the exchange rate. Last uh, December, for example, Exchange rate depreciation, the depreciation of the city has reached 54%. That's Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam, justifying Finance Minister's expression that we've turned the corner. But economist professor with the University of Ghana, Professor Gottfried Bopping, and political risk analyst Dr. Thiwe Champong, and President of Guta, Dr. Joseph Obing, say the country is far from turning the corner. World Bank just told us over 800,000 people have fallen into poverty. Inequality is widening. So whatever recovery, whatever corner we have turned, it must respond to this development outcome. It must be inclusive. It must be broad-based. It must address the core issues that matter to every Ghanaian broadly. Are we turning around the corner? It's still a long corner that we are turning. So you had uh, some analysts uh, reacting to the finance minister's expression that we've turned the corner away from the media budget review. Healthcare services in some rural hospitals are gradually grinding to a halt following the nationwide strike by physician assistants. Nurses in these facilities have been left with a difficult decision to refer most cases. The assistants have refused to work, insisting changes be made to the Health Professionals Bodies Act. 857. So they would be granted the freedom to operate independently. Meanwhile, their absence is causing a huge void. Despite a call by the Ministry of Health uh, to doctors on leave to resume, the lives of patients are at risk. Lava Femme's Nanabwache Yadom visited some rural hospitals in the Ashanti region. Nanabwache, what's the situation where you visited? Well, Ben, all these hospitals or healthcare centers that today we could count um, a number of patients coming in and being referred by the nurses in charge. 
Well, the situation is that when these patients come in, the, the conditions are above the nurses, so they have no other choice than to refer these patients. So far, the um, Kenya Healthcare Centre has recorded over 100 um, referrals so far. We spoke to one nurse, and this is what she said. We are doing currently and we refer the patients who visit the facility to the nearby hospitals to seek medical attention because once we are nurses, we can't do anything without the PEs. We are not consultants. Over 100 referrals so far. We just tell them to go to nearby facilities. So I'm just giving a raw estimate, like more than 100, because since last week to date, a lot of patients have visited this health center and what we do is to let them go because we cannot do anything now you've also been speaking to some of the patients what are their concerns well, ben, these patients who visit these health care centers are stranded as a result of this industrial action um, they have no other choice than to visit nearby government hospitals where they have doctors who attend to them and these are what um, some of the patients we interacted with also said to us i am one of the many villagers who come here for health care people from wamase birim from there to bonri ibura adesina krobo ahujo wono and many towns so government should respond swiftly to their demands otherwise many patients especially the poor ones who cannot afford big hospitals will be at risk you heard a patient that well despite this the physician assistants are bent on continuing their strike until their demands are met the national labor commission has called on the disputing parties for a meeting but president of the group anthony asari says they until they receive a favorable response from the health ministry they won't back down if the first hearing does not go in our favor whatever but we are looking at government's posture at the meeting if the government comes in, ministry comes in and speaks well before the commission, then we will actually withdraw. That is for a fact. We withdraw the strike. When I say speak well, is the things that we are requesting. You know, this is a commission. The case can linger for two years or one year. They could be adjoining. Based on when I say the poster means that sometimes they might come in and rubbish our petitions. But if they are able to tell, put down concrete, that, oh, we are resolving, we've met them, we are putting these things together, A, B, C, D together. So please, then we will, we will call it off. Anthony Asariako is president of the Physician Assistance Association of Ghana. The National Labor Commission is expecting cool heads to prevail after a first meeting tomorrow. Let's stay a while on health. The Greater Accra region has the highest number of persons who contracted HIV in Ghana last year. More than 3,700 persons contracted the disease in the capital, leaving it with the highest number of HIV-positive persons in the country. Director General of the Ghana AIDS Commission, Dr. Tremi Etiahene, presented the latest HIV estimates at a news conference a while ago. In 2022, the HIV, adult HIV prevalence was 1.66%. And the number of people living with HIV in the country was about 355,000. Made up of 
115,235 males and 239,692 females, which suggests that uh, females are about twice the number of male HIV population in the country. That's Director General of the Ghana AIDS Commission, Dr. Tremi Etiahini, head of our health desk, Fred Smith, joins us for more on this. Fred, give us a breakdown of the statistics that were shared. Well, Benes, for the greater Accra region, we had 3,787 persons who contracted new cases and the Ashanti region, eastern and central regions follow in that order. The region with the least number of persons who contracted HIV in 2022 was the north northeast region, followed by Savannah and then Ahafu regions. The concern there for the Ghana AIDS Commission uh, is that majority of these persons happen to be women, and they believe that if they're able to get women to take control of their sexual behaviors, they will be able to bring down the cases as we have now. That's head of our health desk, Fred Smith. This is the Midday News on Joy 99.7 FM. Government has described the Saglemi housing project as a poorly thought-through initiative that has failed to deliver habitable homes after $200 million was spent on it. Some government officials are facing trial for causing financial loss to the state. But before finality is brought to that matter, government has cut sod for a $550 million, 14000 housing unit at Pokwase and Kumase. Uh, these are to be constructed by players in the private and public sector. The affordable housing units, according to Sector Minister Francis Asenso Boache, will indeed be affordable. These projects did not progress as expected, primarily because it failed to consider the entire ecosystem involved in the delivery of housing, such as the availability of land, infrastructure, sustainable funding, building materials, and an inclusive demand-side arrangement. Aside that, no comprehensive project planning or feasibility studies were conducted to establish the viability of these projects before their commencement. Francis Asenso Boache is housing minister launching the National Affordable Housing Project. President Ekofado said government is working to reduce the housing deficit and ensure availability of homes for the working class. Today's initiative marks a positive collaboration between government and the private sector as it adopts a different approach from previous government housing projects where government funded both essential infrastructure and the housing units. With this approach, government will provide the land and other essential infrastructure, whilst private sector developers take the responsibility of constructing the housing units. The initial project of this revised national housing program entails the construction of 8,000 units on a 203-acre land in Pukwase and another 6,000 housing units on the 200-acre land in Dedesria, in the Ashanti region. President Okufado is speaking at the launch of the National Affordable Housing Project at 
Pukwasi. You're listening to the Midday News here on Joy 99.7 FM. Still to come, Interior Minister refutes claims that police brutalized and killed Saludin Talifu, a 34-year-old who died in Asawasi, which led to the youth in the community vandalizing the police station in the area. We've got details in a moment. Thanks for staying. This is the Midday News brought to you by Duroplast Ghana Limited. Up next is sports and Daniel Kranting is here with the latest. Hello. Hi, Benis. Uh, let's go straight into the stories. And the board member of Accra Hatsufuk, Vincent Suwadute, has lashed out at the current state of football in the country. According to him, the recent worrying trend of low attendance at match venues, poor refereeing and player exodus are all symptoms of the low quality of the Ghana Premier League as a product. He spoke at the Joy Sport and Insurer FM Thought Leadership event yesterday. The issue is that we are producing a competitive entertainment product. That goes to the core of the problems of Ghana football. When you rank of the reasons why people don't go, what was the top one? Quality. What is quality? Quality is fit for purpose. Yeah. Our football is not fit for purpose. When people go to the stadium, they are competing with their social time. People want to be entertained. Why are we not being entertained? A lot of the issues we've, we've raised are symptoms of an underlying problem. You had board member of Accra Hatsufuk, Vincent Suodote, speaking there. That's all for sports. Back to you, Vince. Thank you, Daniel. Now, the Kumasi Metropolitan Assembly has, for the second time, failed to carry through its planned restriction of commercial tricycle operations in the central business district. Traders there say the operations of these commercial tricycles, popularly called Pragya, causes massive congestion in the market. But the KMA says it has started a sensitization campaign to ease the implementation of the restriction. Nana Boachi Yadom has more on the following report. The restriction of the tricycle riders, according to the Kumasi Metropolitan Assembly, is to ease traffic congestion within Edum, Alaba and Dr. Mensa areas in the central business district. But implementation has faced several setbacks. Some traders are unhappy with the Assembly's inability to implement the restriction which has missed two scheduled takeoff dates. <laughs> Because uh, traffic no, uh, is too the tricycle riders do not drive well. They make the CBD congested. So I think KMA's inability to implement the restrictions is due to the lack of negotiations between themselves and the Praga Union. We are disappointed though. They don't follow any road regulations. We always fight with them because of how careless they drive. According to respondents, the implementation of the Pragya restriction would help ease the CBD's congestion. Chief Executive of the KMA, Samuel Pine, says the delayed implementation is to sensitize the riders on the restriction. He has set a new date of August 7th, 2023 to start implementation. Um, last week at the General Assembly meeting of the Assembly, we took a final decision on that. Enforcement should have started today. But yes, some people were complaining, oh, we've not heard about what's going on and all that. So what we've done is that, yes, we, we are looking at um, talking to them. So today when you encroach, let me use that word, when you encroach, 
um, the territories that we don't want them to use, they will talk to you and let you go. But from Monday, so between now and Friday, that is what the, our tax force is going to do. From Monday, the police and the MTTD, our security people and the tax force, will be fully to enforcement because... That's Nana Bwachi Adams' report. Now, the Interior Minister Ambrose Derry says 34-year-old Salahuddin Tafilu, who died at Dagombala in Nasawasi, was not brutalized and killed by the police. The minister was ordered by the House to brief MPs on the matter. Speaking on the floor, Interior Minister, who was recounting what the police had told him, explained the deceased was arrested and released by the police and he hit himself or ran into a wall suffering some internal bleeding. Listen to the minister's account. Following the report of his death, the police followed up to the hospital where the disease body was inspected. And no marks of assault were found on him. Police commenced investigations into the circumstances surrounding his death. And on the instruction of the Inspector General of Police, the Police Professional Standards Bureau, PPSB, also initiated investigations into the professional conduct of the officers involved in the operation. Investigation has so far revealed that the police team who conducted the operation met Sladin now deceased with some other people at the criminal hideout and attempted to escape upon seeing the police. The police chased them and later arrested Sladin and 13 others. He was handcuffed by the arresting officers. I was later released to go when he showed signs of sickness. The arresting officers allege that the disease while running away hit himself against a wall and fell down. You have the Interior Minister Ambrose Derry. Now, former Food and Agriculture Minister Dr. Wusufia Kutu says the level of despondency at the grassroots level of the governing New Patriotic Party requires a deeply rooted loyalist to restore hope and break the aid. The NPP will hold a superdelegates congress on August 26th to select five aspirants for the November Congress to select a flag bearer. Ahead of the polls, Dr. Ifuya Kutu says he's identified the problems of the party and has a solution to fix them. According to Dr. Owusu Afri Yakoto, only a strong, formidable and united front can guarantee electoral victory in the 2024 general elections for the MPP. 